You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's podcast, uh, episode 13, unlucky for some maybe, uh, definitely Scotland. So, hi, I'm John, I'm joined by John and Chris, how are you doing? I've been better. <laughs> Top of the morning to you, I'm Irish now. <laughs> it feels like we've been here before, isn't it? Like, too many, too times. many times. Too many times. Um, hi. <laughs> We're not tall enough. That's the problem. Speak, speak for yourself. I'm, I'm definitely not tall enough. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't get a game. Uh, maybe I get a game for Spain, but, but not for Scotland. See, I like um, to think I'm more of the, the Matt Phillips um, mood and that I might be tall enough. But what, you <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's fair to single out him. Uh, I will. There was a, I think there was a few that weren't, weren't too great. I singled him out Thursday. I singled him out for it was cool. <laughs> but then, see the game's last one. He played well in the game, so... Against like, Malta and Lithuania. Still, though. He wasn't great. Um, let's put it that way. And I'm sure that's something we'll discuss a wee bit more shortly. So... Um, Aye, but I'll start with the, with the good stuff. Um, the game on Thursday. That was good, was it? <laughs> the end was good. Well, we certainly created plenty of chances. Mm, uh, well, aye, we did. We, we had plenty of chances and uh, we were up against an inspired goalkeeper. So, um, I, I, I saw some people suggesting that on another night it could have been 5-0. Not far away from the truth, to be honest. Um, on another night, the referee wouldn't have been called happy. Um, the, 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 about five minutes before the uh, the sending off, there was some bizarre incident where they booked two Slovakian players for what to take a free kick quickly. And I, think I sent a message in the group chat saying this referee's bonkers. <laughs> but um, I mean, I've got a game credit. The the two bookings that he gave was it Mac the guy got sent off. Yeah, both of them totally deserved. The the dive is an absolute like, shocker. Um, and uh, the, the free kick, the challenge for that, and the, 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 the first booking for was pretty poor as well. So, um, f- from that perspective, yeah. I don't think we had much choice. But um, aye, aye, that gave us a massive free The bear, aye, that was that. I mean, first one I was in Forest on the touchline, which there was no need yeah. to do, and then the, the second, you just, oh my god, one of the worst dives you've ever seen, I think. Yeah, I could see what you're trying to do. I was trying to go to the McIlinis one. Yes. Yeah, well, the McLean's when the referee fell for it. So, uh, but aye, it was uh, you could see he was I trying mean, to get Gordon sent off. That was the whole point, yeah. And Gordon did sort of slide in and a bit awkward because I mean I was at the other end of the park, so uh, there was that nervous moment when I seen what Gordon was trying to do. But even I could see he didn't make contact with him. Well, unfortunately, I didn't have your privilege, Chris, because I was in the west stand behind the goal, and my, the first thing I did was text one of my mates and say, um, "Was that a dive?" And I got a reply saying 100%. Because, <laughs> of course, when Gordon comes out like that, you wonder, uh-oh. But, yeah, when you see it by his absolute stonewall diving. Yeah. He tries to you know do the whole back up thing, but, yeah, you're trying to con the referee first, so um, off you go, son. And yeah. that was a, that, you know, that was a business, because he scored twice against us last year um, in Slovakia, so he, um, yeah. losing one of their best players for his own stupidity was a big boost for us in the game. Yeah, it kind of changed their game plan because before the game there was people saying, oh, Slovakia are going to come and try and get the draws that they need to make sure Scotland stay behind them. And I was thinking, well, there is still that threat of them being the worst runner-up, so they're going to need to come to Hamden and win. That was my understanding anyway. But the minute I get sent off, it's a case of, actually, no, we need to protect what we've got, try and sit on the draw. Um, they, were, they were pretty good at it as well they were pretty good at it I mean like I say the, the inspired goalkeeper certainly made a difference um, we hit the woodwork a couple of times as well so I mean I was getting to the point I was thinking it wasn't going to be our night uh, and then Gordon Strachan starts making the bizarre substitutions where uh, we're all crying out for attacking players and he's putting defenders on and I'll give I mean, credit where it's due Chris Martin came on and I thought he looked really good um, that made a, a bit of a difference giving us a bit of, a bit of height 
And you're putting the ball in for the goal. Well, yeah, the, the Anya one was was a bit fortuitous because Griffiths had kind of got himself into a good position and, and as he went down, he kind of flicked it on to Anya. And again, give him credit, Anya was in a position I don't think Kieran Tierney would have been in. Uh, not, certainly not at that point in the game. Anya put a decent ball into Martin um, and Martin wasn't able to go on the end of it. But fortunately, Martin Scuttle was. Yeah, I think Martin's just behind him, but um, Skirtle's obviously got in first, fortunately. Skirtle's got to do something. He has to, yeah, because if if he doesn't get it, Martin's got to do He's under from Martin, so Mm -hmm. I think Martin deserves credit for that. Absolutely. Martin's going to cheat. Yeah, it was one one of these games where it looked as though luck was not on our side, and then we get luck right at the end when we most needed it. Um, But that instant where Griffiths hit the bar with a free kick, um, and then... Within seconds, Morrison has the shot and the keeper's made another winter save. You think at that, that moment, yeah. I thought that's it, um, that's our chance gone. But you know, they kept plugging away, and as much as we thought the substitutions were bizarre, they worked. Um, I yeah. think bringing Martin on was the right call. Whether for, taking Forrest off, I don't think was the right thing. It should have been Phillips, but um, we got away with it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, could, I could see what he was trying to do with the Phillips. Well, he switched Phillips to the other side of the park. As if they give him a bit of freshness, but he seems straight away. Phillips wasn't doing any better out there. Um, Phillips yeah. is taller though than Forrest, so maybe that's, that's why he was kept on. Because light, light on, but light on as well. If you're kind of chasing, trying to get a goal, you maybe kind of want that option. I kind of. I got I take it the title's going to be striking small talk. Yes, well, it Absolutely. could be. That could be it. Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to uh, that bit a bit later. You think? Uh, you think though as well? If if that was the case, he would strike him when he get picked. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um, but I like goals have certainly been a factor in the, the campaign. Yeah, the I last mean, ten minutes. The sits sits in the last eighty minutes. In the last ten minutes, sorry. Somewhat I scored over the campaign. Every goal that was scored at home, apart from the Malta game, so the the four games that we played, they were all late goals. Every single one. Of them. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, we had like eight, well, eight ninth minute the. Slovenia game early in the campaign Martin scored by two minutes ago yep. the Lithuania equaliser was like 18th minute from MacArthur mm-hmm. uh, the two Griffiths goals in the England game 87 yeah. and 90 yep. um, and then even in Malta uh, Snowcraft scored in the 84th minute mm-hmm. and then uh, on Sunday obviously Snowcraft scored in the 88th minute as well so mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, it's been, it, it, it's been one of those things. It's been quite synonymous with striking in his time. I've known him as a manager as well. But I mean, it's it, what's happened with Scotland is just exactly what I remember. What happened when he was at Celtic. It's a case of what are you doing with these substitutions? Or they seem to have worked late on. Or we've won the game, and it's like the ninety second minute. It, it just it happened so many times. It became a, a bit of a hallmark. It has. Yeah, um, I think in his time at Celtic, I think about twenty, at least twenty of their points were gained in the last ten minutes of games. Yeah, I can, I can absolutely believe that. Um, and I mean, I've been criticised in the past for saying that Strachan was a very lucky manager when he was at Celtic. I, I've usually, I've usually been talking about the way his Celtic teams were able to qualify with nine points for having won their three home games in the Champions League, but lost their three away games. Uh, and it's, it's comparing that to Martin O'Neill doing exactly the same thing in his. Um, at his first Champions League campaign because he got the nine points at home and no points away and wasn't able to get through that group so from that perspective I've always, I've always had this impression that Gordon Strachan's a lucky manager um, and I'm sure like, if, you, if you asked the Rangers for he was yeah I mean I've, I would give him the credit there that uh, the, the teams he was able to take into the Champions League were a lot less built up through the money because he's like you had six million pounds in Sutton and six million pounds in Neil Lennon and you had Henrik Larson and that kind of thing and the Neil's team and then somehow um, Gordon Strachan managed to take Gary Caldwell and Steve McManus as a central defensive pair I'd bet your hand off for that now right enough as a Scotsman um, but uh, back then it was uh, just uh, you couldn't really believe just how we were able to get through the Champions League with that as a central pair because they were never they were never the, the greatest quality defence but they were able to do the job so Again, it's maybe an element of luck. And I mean, like I was going to say, the, the Rangers fans that are listening would probably agree that Garden Strachan had a bit of luck as well. Certainly in his third season when um, he won the third title on their own, it was the Rangers fixture congestion helped to get to that point. Um, so they, they had to extend the season a bit just to fit them all in. 
they had to win the title on a Thursday night in the last day of the season so, so they, I mean, be, from that perspective it's probably lucky as well yeah well unfortunately he's not run out on the, the Sunday as it always does I have to um, it was looking promising I mean I must say I, I wasn't too keen on the team selection um, at the start I mean I don't think Chris Martin should have started the game because I think he's a better impact player than he has started yeah. but I understand why he started but no, midfields. Um, I know Dan Fletcher played pretty well, but we were overrunning midfield because of the formation, and eventually it was going to lead to to problems at the other end. Yeah, the the big problem I had on Thursday night was, as, as we um, suggested earlier, I wasn't too happy with taking Forrest off because I thought the rest of the midfield were rotten. I mean, like Phelps wasn't wasn't great in the wing he was on. Um, Barry Barnum was running around doing not a lot. Uh, James Morrison didn't do too much at all and even Dan Fletcher wasn't great um, I agree that Dan Fletcher played better in Slovenia um, but again Barry Bannon was just running about doing not a lot Phillips was again poor um, even MacArthur wasn't too great now, MacArthur came on as a sub in the, the Thursday night game and it, it certainly looked a wee bit better than um, the likes of Morrison or Bannon but again when you consider that we, we were all just looking at how McGinn and McGregor had played in the, the Celtic Hibs game the week before, and you're thinking maybe they'll be involved in the Scotland team somewhere along the line, now they're even gone. When, when your midfield is, is struggling like it is, and you're looking to try and get goals, as you certainly were in, the, in both games towards the end of the game. I mean, either of the two would have been a good option, would they not? Who knows in hindsight? We won the game anyway on Thursday, so Thursday didn't really matter. It was last night. Last night. Yes, but my, my big problem going into Sunday's game was the fact that our midfield had been so poor on the Thursday night. My big fear was we couldn't get away with that again. We got away with it because you played against 10 men for, what, two-thirds of the game. Doing that against 11 men was always going to be a struggle. Um, and I think we gave up too much yet. I mean, the first half... I think Scotland are a bit lucky to be up one nil up because Slovenia had a lot of the ball. They just hadn't done anything with it. Craig Gordon had a fairly quiet half. We sat off him too much as well. We got back to old bad habits where we sat off and just went like, let's let them play, uh, especially when we went ahead. And yeah. you do that, you're just asking for trouble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't have a defence to you no. know um, try and protect the lead. And um, would it be harsh to say that Gordon maybe could have done better with the first goal? Come and claim the ball. It's some Possibly. someone's mentioned it before, but um, I'm not. I'm not uh, sure. I'm not convinced it's his to claim. Past. Maybe I mean, it'd been a bit of a stretch to get me out there, but I think there's maybe bigger problems. To be honest, um, was it even their free kick though? I'm not I convinced it was. was. You think so? I think, I think it was there's a little niggle. Well, ne- well, Fletcher doesn't really complain too much and Dan Fletcher's normally one that's um, straight at the referee if he thinks the decision's gone the wrong way so that tells a lot for me but maybe I'm seeing it wrong but either way you've still got to defend it whether it's a free kick Absolutely. or just yeah. free kick or not you've got to defend it we just didn't again um, and that's you know being an Achilles heel throughout this campaign is our inability to well not so much defend set pieces but defend cross balls into the box yeah. um, and no. For all Mulgrew and Bear have been steady recently. Long term, it's not the answer either. No, I mean the the, the first goal was a cracking ball in, and it was well, it was a well taken header. I would, I would give them credit for that. Um, the second goal, it, <laughs> I hate to mention his name again, but it reminded me of Callum McGregor. The goal, he, the second goal he got against Hibs the week before, it was like just, he placed it into the the net. And it was almost exactly the same thing. It was a like you're expecting the guy to fire it into it, and he places it. And Gordon doesn't see it until it's past him. And certainly, I wouldn't blame him for that one. Um, but I mean, but, like you had one guy who was back to goal, just looking for something to feed it out to. It was just our, our defending set piece was, was pretty appalling. I mean, that one goes in. You know, it's finished. We need to win the game, and we're two one down. Um, or at least you think it's finished. But then Snodgrass pops up with a really well taken goal. I mean, I thought he'd lost it, but um, he was able to get back on it and, and fire it in the net. Two each, and you're thinking, still a chance here. We had a couple of chances as well. That's the thing. It's, we had a chance before it, which I'll feel like I've never seen because I was feeding the, I was feeding my daughter at the time. <laughs> so it was something a quiet room. Um, what, the Andrew chance yeah, or Darren Fletcher earlier? I, 
I think it was the annual one. I never seen that. Aye, and then right at the death, uh, Snodgrass, was it Snodgrass heads it straight at All Black. Yeah, I don't. Fletcher that, it was. Was it Fletcher? Was that? Oh. It was Stephen Fletcher. Dan Fletcher, Fletcher, the one before we scored. Ah, right. Yeah, it was a Dan Fletcher one. I did see the annual one because Anya gets kind of got in a position and never really done much of it. The other, the other thing I had, like, when we got it back to two each, we were absolutely terrible at getting the ball forward. Yeah, yeah. The number of times it was falling badly short of where it was supposed to be going, and then there was that chance that Anya had where he tried to, I think he tried to hit the byline and cross it, and all he did was hit the byline and put it over a goal oh, kick. I don't understand what the hell he was doing there. Three minutes in injury time, just get the ball in the box, but he's trying to do that run as he does. Um, but and then get the ball and he just completely messed it up you know again I know he did alright in the Thursday but he was not the man to bring on um, you know when you're trying to win the game it should have been Forrest at that point Anya's not played for Derby for a good number of months he's not been the squad this season at all from what I can see yeah he's probably brought him on because of what happened on Thursday Aye, because he's a striking favourite. He's more direct than Forrest. Yeah, the, the, the striking favourite thing is probably the biggest downfall of striking's tenure here. He, he's done that consistently. He did it at the start of the campaign, and it's what got us into the mess in the first place. It was only the, it was only when we got to the point in the campaign where we'd almost given up and striking actually decided to go, you know what, I'll just try this. And suddenly started putting players in that we'd been calling out for, like Lee Griffiths. Lee Griffiths is a perfect example. Lee Griffiths is actually the second top scorer in our group. He didn't play the first three or four games. What? How different could this have been had he played against, let's say, Lithuania at home and we hadn't drawn one each? If how we, different could it be if we didn't concede the goal or get, like, Harry Kane's course? A lot of people are pointing to that one, but you know what? As well. I'm more inclined to say we should have beat Lithuania at home Correct. than we shouldn't have conceded that last minute goal against England. Because England are like that. England are jammy. England, it's not, we're not the first team that England have uh, scored a late goal against in this campaign. But we should be beating Lithuania at home. We proved that when we went to Lithuania and beat them 3-0. Yeah. Aye, Lithuania is the bread and butter game. I mean, England, let's be, be honest, this, this point it was to, you know, throw away victory in the 93rd minute like we did. Um, anything from that game was a bonus. The yeah. Lithuania game was our bread and butter. If you take three points against Lithuania and nothing against England, then we would have beaten Slovakia by a point. Exactly. <laughs> no, that that's um, what it comes down to, you know. Because you know the three points um, against Slovakia, you can possibly understand. Four against Slovenia is a decent return, but it's that return from Lithuania. Two po- po- points dropped at home to Lithuania was the killer. And there's no excuse. We do every campaign. There's always some result, whether it's whether it's Georgia, um, whether it's Lithuania, and other campaigns before. There's always somewhere against a pot five or sixteen that we always bugger it up against, and we've done it again. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually had a look back to see through our last 20 years' worth of campaigns. Um, I, I'd read um, something... That would be pretty grim reading. Oh, it was horrid. I, I read something like um, that Bertie Volks is the last uh, Scotland manager to get us to a playoff, even a playoff. Yeah. And they're right. Because uh, there was Euro 2000 where we lost England in a playoff under Craig Brown. Um, there was the 2002 World Cup where we basically had an, old, an aging squad that Craig Brown had persisted with. And we finished third in the group behind Croatia and Belgium. You then had the, the massive defeat to Holland on the better votes of Euro 2004. Um, in the 2006 World Cup, we had that disastrous start under votes. Um, but it was when Walter Smith was chasing our tail for the rest of the campaign. I think we finished third in that one as well. Um, yeah, we Euro 2008 was a defeat to George that it cost us in that red strap that we had. That was quite a nice red strap, but we only wore that one game and never again because it was jinxed. Um, the 2010 World Cup had that shocking game against Norway with a well almost miss. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was George Burley. I couldn't even remember George Burley being Scotland manager. That's how bad it was. I don't think George Burley could remember being Scotland manager. Well, that's 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 probably a different aspect. Um, we get Craig Levine in for Euro 2012. Um, my abiding memory of that one uh, is not the, so much the not playing any strikers against the Czech Republic, but it was the being 1-0 down to Liechtenstein at Hamden and winning it in the 97th minute. Uh, we had a draw with Lithuania in that game as well, in that campaign. Yeah. That was uh, away. And that cost us. That cost us. Uh, we finished, I was third behind Spain in Czech Republic and won a couple of points behind the Czech Republic. The 2014 World Cup, we finished behind Belgium, Croatia, and Serbia under Levine, and then eventually striking took over. That was, again, that was a dreadful start. Um, mm-hmm. We somehow beat Croatia home and away in that campaign. <laughs> 
but it was the, it was like draws at home at Serbia and Macedonia and wasn't bombing away to Wales kind of things like that and then obviously we remember Euro 2016 with the, the George of the feet which is what cost us and finished three points behind Ireland yeah it's it's just kind of reading but you know I, I said last week in the podcast that um, one of the likely scenarios would be that we would beat Slovakia and then bugger it up against Slovenia and I take no pleasure in the fact that um, I was right with that but you've just been through so I mean you've just listed them all there Chris um, we've just had that many disappointments um, in the last 10 campaigns 20 years um, they, they always set us up and we all always end up falling but yeah. the fans still always fall for the fact that we've got that chance but you just know in the back of your head they're going to bugger up somewhere I mean, I mean that, and it's so frustrating this, this campaign is one of those ones where it's a start that's screwed up and it's yeah. when you look back over the 20 years you think okay right there was a, the two th- Euro 2008 where we had Italy and France the two finalists for World Cup 2006 as well as Ukraine who made the quarterfinals we finished third in that group that was actually a decent campaign for us and yet it was still a defeat to Georgia that cost us but see when you've had a good group like World Cup 2006 for instance you had like Italy and then we had Norway Norway were a team we should have beaten and yet we had a disastrous start, took two points for three games, and that, it was the start that screwed it up and we were always chasing our tail. It was the same in this campaign. It was the same with the, the, the campaign that started under Levine and for 2014 as well. It's just, if, if we get a decent group, we just seem to start really badly. And it's again, I mean, we had, I, I'm, I'm forever saying that England always seemed to get an easy draw, and it was good that we were in England's easy draw this, this year. But again, we, we blew it in the first few games, because although we pumped Malta, the, the draw against Lithuania and then getting hammered off Slovakia was the big blow. I don't even mind getting beat off Slovakia because they're a good team. And we did well to beat them on Thursday night. But, it was, again, I come back to the draw home against Lithuania. If you don't draw that game, if you win that game, we finish second ahead of Slovakia. Yeah. You can say the same for the England game though as well. I know he, like, the Lithuania game was a long time ago. Yeah. The England game, you should have been, you should have been, you should have been drawing a game after like the ninety third minute. It's just ridiculous. Set pieces again, just terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but England, England, but, England, look at that game and think more, they should have won it because they blew it. Only one reason why we never qualified. One game. Mm-hmm. Aye, there's more. There's obviously more than one game. I mean, there's the moments that you say like the the team selection in Slovakia playing them um, slow players against a slow defence. You know, yeah. and then we get beat three 0 because you've your slow players can't track back to help. Um, a, a poor defence you know there's a team selection like at the start of the campaign we go with guys like Grant Hanley and Russell Martin and uh, you know Matt Ritchie wasn't playing um, at the time Barry Bannon is another one Chris Martin or Stephen Fletcher basically anyone but Griffiths and then he was almost forced into it when we played uh, when we played Slovenia because Celtic started doing well and he took notice and he thought right I better blood the team with a lot of Celtic players and he started playing guys that were on form, like, like Stuart Armstrong, like Scott Brown come back was a big thing, Griffiths obviously, um, and it made a it made a big difference for the rest of the campaign up until um, up until Sunday, um, and then his substitutions again he's went back to the so called tried and tested, uh, and like you say, Chris, it's his stubbornness has been his downfall. Yeah, I, I, I mean I hate to <laughs> I hate to take it back to comp level, but. There is a noticeable difference between Scotland at the start of this campaign, where against Lithuania they played nobody from Celtic. And by the time we were actually hitting our stride, we were playing six players for Celtic. It's not, it's not, it's not so much the Celtic aspect for me that's a big thing. It's like Celt- what the Celtic players are playing at the highest level. They're playing Champions League football. Now, whether that's five minutes of Champions League football or 90 minutes of Champions League football, they're still playing at that level against the kind of player that... Like, you, you can't get any better than that when it comes to European football. Uh, but Andy Robertson's another good example of that because he's at Liverpool now. That, that's he's another Champions League team. He's not playing regularly, but he's playing with guys that are. He's playing a, lot, he's playing in a decent team. It's like, I, I would, Andy Robertson has been one of the highlights of this campaign for me. The fact that Armstrong's come in and he's played really well. and um, I mean, Martin's the, kind of the odd one out and he, he's been a, a, a top contributor for a team and plays in some diddy part of the, the English league setup, but for mo- most of the, most of the players that have let us down have been guys that have played bit parts in the, the English league, league setup, and I hope that whatever happens with striking in the next campaign we stop getting into this fankle where we believe that the, if you play in England it doesn't matter what level you're at you must be playing at a high level because you're not. Mm-hmm. 
and it shows and it comes across and it's even worse when we start picking guys that aren't even playing week in, week out for these teams. I would I would I, I would take a player that's playing five minutes for a Champions League team over a guy that's playing ninety minutes for a, a championship or even League One. Where that where that option's available because I understand like, the the big problem Scotland that still have is we don't really have a settled central defensive pair. Now the last few games we've kind of played Mulgrew and Berra and that's worked to a certain extent. But who would we pick? Who, who that's the problem. Pick? We don't have anybody. Do that's that's where we've got the big like, hole at the moment. We need somebody to find something that's coming through, and I've got no idea where that's coming from. I mean, we keep talking about John Suter being a possibility um, through his development at Hearts. I think he's not far off the squad. Um, the boy Cooper's been playing well for a lead team that are doing well in the Championship. Um, Possibly he's Cooper, the captain team. You look at Suter, Hearts aren't exactly been great. No, no, but I think he's someone that will get brought in. He's not long back from injury as well. Um, we'll see how McKenna develops alongside Arneson at um, Aberdeen. The boy at McCrory at Rangers as well. It'll be interesting to see how he develops. He's only just broken into the Rangers team. McCrory. He's only put, okay. just broken into the Rangers team, but if he's if he's as good as they're saying, then he can maybe be an option for the next campaign. Yeah, I think he needs a better partner. Um, Possibly. Maybe alongside Bruno Alves rather than um, the boy Cardoso, who's just dreadful. Yeah. Um, but Liam Lindsay's playing for Barnsley just now, although they're near the bottom end of the table. But I'm interested his development too. But um, we've got to try something at the moment. But um, I'm going to go to my poll that I've been doing on Twitter, and thanks for retweeting it. Um, overwhelmingly, Strach, um, people are saying Strachan should go. What's your thoughts, guys? Who, who do we get to replace him? That's a big question. I, like, I, mean, the, I checked with Bookie and their favourite uh, yesterday was David Moyes and I cannot oh, think of a worse option than getting rid of Strachan and David bringing Moyes. in Moyes. He's a, perpe- he's a perpetual loser. I'm torn between it because I do think there has been signs that we are improving. But, but it's too stubborn. Time, as you pointed out, we've had two. That's, this will be two campaigns we failed. But... Two and a half if you count the one that uh, he took over for... Levine. Two and a half campaigns is a long time in international football. I wouldn't blame Strachan for the the, the money he took over for uh, Levine because mm. Levine left him with nothing. It was a, Scotland are a mess. Strachan has steadied the ship to a certain point, and then it kind of fell away again. It started this campaign. So you go, well, are, really, are we making? Players seem to like playing for them. You don't yeah. seem to get as many call offs under them, mm-hmm. which hasn't been the case yeah. under previous managers. Do you know what the weird thing is about his record? See if you take take away the periods um, where before we played the Republic of Ireland in Dublin and when we played England at Wembley, his record either side of that year and a half was actually decent because I think the record adds up to something like 10 wins, 3 draws and 4 defeats. But then you look at that 9-game period between Dublin and Wembley, we only won two games and they were away to Gibraltar and Malta and that period has cost us two campaigns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the the thing, I think I would have been more likely to say Strachan should stay on had it not been for that last game there, where he went back to his tried and tested that doesn't actually work, and that just that to me says it all. It's like that's your stubbornness coming back. So after everything you learned through this campaign, you've gone back to where you were to start with the thing that failed in the first place. The reason we were chasing our tail for the rest of the campaign anyway. So what have you learned? You haven't learned anything. Yeah, in fact, he hasn't learned anything in twelve years. Which is when he was at Celtic, <laughs> so that's why I'm going back to it. It's, it's the same old stubbornness that cost him at Celtic as well. Because by the time Celtic were chasing the fourth in a row, he was playing players and pulling their hair out. I think it's his decision. Um, well, no, it's the... not because his contract runs out in November. So it could yeah, be the, think... the SFA board are beaten next week. If they decide, you know what, we're going to go for a change, God's sake, get their things. By God. Just yeah, I, think they are, I think they're happy to support him and let him continue yeah. by all accounts. I wouldn't be surprised. Yes. I can quite honestly see the SFA taking no action whatsoever, as they always do. Because if the SFA can find an easy way out, they'll take it. Yeah, I think the SFA basically said, will have said to him, um, there's a two-year deal on the table if you want it. Um, but it's up, it's up to you. Be- because of the last six games, they've, they see progress. And to be fair, you can possibly argue that point. Um, but the other argument is, at the end of the day, it's about qualification, and that's two campaigns. I mean, the first, the World Cup campaign was dead before he took over, but that's been two campaigns, and ultimately it's two failures. Yeah. 
it's the interesting thing is what happens next because it's a completely different setup for Euro twenty twenty. Because mm-hmm. like, okay, I says middle sit, sit back because I'm about to tell a Jack and Lori theme <laughs> story here. Um, there's two the ba- there are two ways to qualify for Euro 2020 the first one is the qualification for Euro 2020 well there's like the draw gets done it's December uh, 2018 so it's like over a year away until we see this um, there's 55 teams taking part and because there's no host in Euro 2020 everybody has to qualify uh, so there's 10 groups 5 have got 5 and 5 of 6 um, the top 2 of each group qualify so that's 20 teams and the games take place in what, March, June, September, October, November 2019. So far, so simple. The other thing that they throw into the mix, because there's 24 teams qualify for year 2020, not 20, is the Nations League, <laughs> which is this new thing they're bringing in at the end of the... end of this year, I think it is. Or is it end of next year? No, it's end of 20. Sorry, it's end of 2018, yeah. Um, so, there's four, what they're calling, leagues, well, they split the 55 teams into the top 12 teams in Europe in League A and then the next 12 teams in League B uh, and then of the remaining they get 15 in C and 16 in D. Um, for, I checked this earlier on. Scotland are currently 26th, so we'd be in League C. Just that may change depending on how the rest of the fixtures go um, between tonight as we record them Monday. Um, and Ireland have just beat Wales, they're in the playoffs, um, and tomorrow's games as well. So we could move into League B, but I'd rather we didn't. <laughs> because what they then do with the four leagues is that they take four groups. So for, um, say, League A, there's four groups of three, um, and see what they do is there's one group of three and then three groups of four. They play each other home and away, so it's either four games or six games, and each of the group winners then goes into a playoff where uh, I think it's like June 2019 or something like that. Or is that there? No, sorry, wait. There's more confusion than that. The group winners in League A, the top 12, play each other for the to see who's the who, the winner of the Nations League. That, that happens in June 2019. Um, if you win... Your group in Group B, you move up to League A, and if you win it in C, you move up to B. If you finish bottom in your group, you move down. So there's promotion and relegation between the four leagues. This is just for the Nations League. For the, the Euro 2020 qualifying is another complex part because what they do is they take the top team from each of the leagues. So that's 16 teams, four from League A, four from League B, four from League C, and four from League D, um, and the four teams within the league play a semi-final and a final and the winner of each of them gets to go to Euro 2020. So, when take League D for instance, that's where like, the Faroe Islands and Macedonia and Azerbaijan and San Marino and all that, one of them is going to go to Euro 2020, at least. Um, what makes it really confusing is if you've already qualified through the qualification and the Euro 2020 qualification, the stuff that takes place between March and November 2019, you don't get another place from the Nations League, so you might you might win your group, but if you've already qualified, then the second team in your group goes into that playoff for the, the final places. This is all going to make a lot more sense when we actually see it pan out. Um, so uh, the, play- the playoffs for that come in March 2020 with the tournament taking place in June 2020. So there's two ways to qualify for the championships. Um, you So what could happen is... You could win your group in, say, November 2018, which would put you in at least the playoff, and then you then go on and play your 2019 games for actual qualification. So it'll be interesting to see exactly how this all pans out and what happens. We'll know better what happens with the Nations League this, at the end of this week to see who's in what league and stuff, but none of this happens until, what, September next year. So... <laughs> I picked it on night to not have a drink in this. I didn't have, right. If you, th- if you thought you were you were bored uh, when I told you about Ross County possibly getting relegated last season, welcome back, he's can tune back in now because you're probably all fall asleep. I'll need to listen back to that. Uh, <laughs> oh, my words. Uh, I got lost at League C. Uh, yeah, for, for Scotland, uh, chances are we're in League C, we'll need to play games... Um, 
next year that might put us in a decent position to get up to League B uh, and also might put us in a playoff and then we need to play qualifying games on top of that you know, to make matters worse as well, um, in terms of us not qualifying, Iceland have qualified for a first World Cup. They top the group. Uh, a population of, what, 300,000? So, well, I'm not Ah, but they're big. Success, Carrie Arneson, Aberdeen, they'll be there. But things like that, it makes it kind of disappointing. Northern Ireland, and uh, they're going to be in the playoffs. Sure, should be anyway, I think. Yeah, I, uh, Republic Ireland, uh, but I say they've, uh, they've just beat Wales, so they're in, the, they're in it as well, so... Um, um, so when you see teams like that and they are going to be at least in the playoffs or qualifying you're, uh, that's where it kind of gets a bit frustrating especially like Northern Ireland where you would look at Northern Ireland do you think have to get a better squad than us? No I wouldn't have said so but the problem, uh, the thing is we can't um, for years and years that's the other excuse that we try and harp on about the wee nation excuse well no Iceland were a nation of 350,000 or 300,000 whatever it is and they were quarter finalists at Euro 2016 and they've just qualified for the World Cup and, and incidentally so, that, that, this will be noteworthy because because Ireland beat Wales and because Croatia have also beaten Ukraine the worst second place team is Slovakia so their defeat did cost them aye see if they'd drawn we knocked them out see if they'd drawn at Hamden they'd had a better goal difference than a bubble Ireland and they'd be in the playoff instead I was going to swear there but hey ho Rundown full. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. in terms of we talked strafing whether he should stay or go, players I feel like players should be staying and going. Um, there's a few you would maybe hope, but stop playing for Scotland. Ones that have notoriously let us down. No, I mean there's got to be a question over Scott Brown because he did retire already in this campaign. I think he will retire again. I'd imagine. I imagine he's done now. You would, you, would, you can't imagine him hanging on for another two years. Yeah. Craig, Craig Gordon has already Gordon. Craig Gordon's already said he wants to stay as long as possible. Um, yeah, so uh, the goalkeeper's a different position good. because you can play on longer. So that's a, that, I'd, I'd be quite happy to have Craig Gordon still in there. Um, I think Berra will continue. I've seen talk, some talk of like folks saying that Berra would quit, but Berra was away from the Scotland set up for a while, or not playing maybe. So he was maybe just in squads. I think he'll probably continue. He's what, 32 Dan now? Fletcher maybe. 32. I think Fletcher's done. I think both Fletchers are done. Possibly. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, in terms of Stephen Fletcher. What what we need what needs to happen, um, and it just depends who's in charge, is there needs to be a clear out of some of the, the, the so-called tried and testers who have been there campaign after campaign but not got us to know the ultimate aim, which was to qualify. You know, so the likes of, well, Dan Fletcher, as harsh as it is, he's been a good servant, but he's passed it now. He's 33... Um, you know, I think his best days are well behind him. Like St Mulgrew, he's getting on a bit, um, not got a lot of pace. Stephen Fletcher's not been playing well. But we need to get rid of players who aren't playing for their clubs. That's an interesting point. You're saying Mulgrew's passed it, but Berra could stay on. Mulgrew's a year younger than Berra. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't say, I don't say Berra. John did. The other John did. The good news is, I mean, Tierney's only just 20 um, Andy Robertson's 23 so as far as those two go you'd imagine they'll continue but I don't see yeah, much the only thing is I think maybe we need to find a way of playing them both on the left as opposed to Tierney playing right back Aye, because Tierney's struggled it's a bit not, right. yeah. not helping his game um, but then the difficulty would come again that you would end up a player still playing out of position because it's, it's it's not as if Andy Robertson's going to be sort of playing left wing for Liverpool Um well, the, the, it'll be interesting to see how Anthony Nelson gets on at Celtic the rest of the season, though, because that's your option. That's a that's an obvious right back Car- option. Callum Patterson, uh, at Cardiff. Yeah, mm-hmm. you would imagine he'll come back into the fold if he starts playing. Yeah, Nelson was one that I identified. If he keeps um, progressing, he has been at Celtic. I think he could be making a step up um, in the next year or two. And we need um, right back and centre back positions that we desperately need. Um, I know Patterson's been out for a while. Hopefully. Bill's back up to fitness and gets into Cardiff team. Yeah, um, the, but the, it is an area we're shot. The, and centre backs have listed a few possibilities as well. Yeah, so midfield. I mean, Cooper's only 26, so uh, there's a good chance he could play. Grant Hanley's under 25. No, Grant <sighs> Hanley, no. He's, he's also one terrible. of those that's been a failure. He's not playing, no. Just, no. Yeah, but you know how about if the likes of Strachan's still there because Strachan trusts him. Yeah, uh, Strachan must be one of the only ones that trusts Grant Hanley. Yeah, um, uh, at least uh, in midfield. Well, McGregor's just got back in the squad. 
And McGinn, McGinn's obviously I, 22 as well. You're, you're looking at A2 being a bit of hope. Shinny. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, who? <laughs> Even maybe a Ryan Christie as well. Front forward. You've got Armstrong and McGregor. Yeah. Out wide, I think, as well. Hopefully, Ryan Fraser keeps developing. Can't help but think you'll be an asset. 23? 23. Yeah. Yeah. Again, he's not getting regular games at the moment. That's he's in and out, but I still think he's got. I think he's got enough about him that he can be involved with the squad. Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely. I even as an impact player, out, but I think he deserves more caps. Um, oh, the box still is... hanging about as well. He's only twenty, so. Yeah, but this is the other thing that's annoyed me a bit. I can see in friendly matches. He said that the friendlies are are good for guys who aren't getting game time in their clubs. No, <laughs> that's what you, you know. If they're not getting games for clubs, they shouldn't be anywhere near the international team. It doesn't matter what. Like, Northern Ireland, you touched on it earlier. And a great example I say to, you know, mainly League One and you know, Premier League players in Scotland, but they're doing well. You know, it's just too pick headed to look outside the Scottish Premier League in my mm-hmm. opinion. Not saying there's world beaters in there, but you know, there's players certainly capable of doing a better job than some of the guys that are in there. Yeah. Well as I said before, you're better off having players that are like to maybe Aberdeen where they're either winning most weeks as opposed to people. Yeah. That are playing for teams that are mm-hmm. struggling to win games in the championship. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, that, so that, that, that's that kind of idea, Kenny McLean. He's not been playing as much for you guys at the moment, but he's, he's still only twenty-five. He's plenty of time for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But we'll see Jason, what happens. Uh, Jason Cummins up front as well. If he keeps scoring, because he scored his last game for Forest. Possibly. Maybe even Stevie, Stevie May. May. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we've obviously still got uh, Lee Griffiths, who's twenty-seven. Chris Martin's twenty-eight. You'll get him for at least in our campaign. Mm-hmm. So see what happens. I suppose it will depend on who if Strachan stays because he's not going to pick players at Aberdeen probably. Uh, so we'll probably move on. I think we've probably depressed ourselves enough and everyone listening as well. Uh, back to the Premiership. Hey. Uh, predictions and previews and all that type of jazz. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't on last week, so I never got to talk about how great it was at Celtic won away in Europe. But. Aye, that's that's all news. Yeah. That's all that's all news. Aye, if you've missed that, so uh, is this the third Friday in a row? Obviously, apart from the international fixture, Rangers have been in the Friday night game. Maybe. I'm party festival. Have I missed a game? I'm trying to remember because Celtic, uh, uh, yeah, Celtic, Celtic played yeah, Celtic played Thistle and Hamilton on Friday nights as well, but I think they came, all came before. Because so uh, first, uh, first up, we've got a, a, a tough game. Uh, St. Johnson against Rangers. Now, the odds here are quite interesting uh, when you consider where St. Johnson are in the league and where Rangers are. Like, St. Johnson are 9 2. Yep, you heard that right. 9. Uh, the draw is 31 10, and Rangers somehow are 8 15. Is it maybe because O'Halloran can't play? <laughs> Probably. I, I don't know. <laughs> well remembered. It's, uh, just, those odds just seem baffling to me. Um, Chris, start with you. 2 0 Rangers for the yeah. very reason that John just identified. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with 3 1 Rangers because of their away record and obviously Hallam and Missing. I'm going for 1 0. Uh, Saturday sees the other five games. We've got the bottom of the table clash: Party Thistle against Kilmarnock. Party Thistle twenty-one to twenty draws twelve to five, and Kilmarnock are twelve to five. Kilmarnock still without a manager, but names been mentioned: Steve Clark. He'd be a good appointment. Favourite at one to two. Um, there's a few random names in there as well. Uh, Stephen Effenberg, I've seen. No, I, 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 if it's Steve Clark, that'd be a fantastic sign. Come on, it's a bit of a odd step for him if that's where he ends up going. But yeah, I mean, like if Kawhi can get that, that's a, like, a great shoot. I quite like Steve Clark. But yeah, um, yeah, maybe he's been like Scott Mitchell. Um, I think he's been spotty. I think he was spoken about. Was he not? Before, uh, the time Strachan took over, oh, or yeah. maybe when it was talk of Strachan, maybe. Whether he should continue. The last time we spoke about whether he should aye, continue. Possible, well, I'd be quite happy having the Scotland manager. So. 
Ainakin came in you and maybe. So I joined Partick Thistle Kilmarnock, what do you think? Um, well, I think one of the teams will win their first game of the season. I think that team will be Partick. I'm going to go 2-0. Chris? Uh, I'm going to say... 1-0. 1-0. I'm, I'm kind of worried about Archibald's team. If Kilmarnock win that, uh, I think Archibald might be in trouble. I we spoke a wee bit that about that last week in terms of how long he might have, but I'd like to think he'll be given time. But it's not been happening so far. A few managers lost their job. Uh, I suppose it would depend maybe when I come on and have a manager in place by the weekend. That's to what the score might be. I shall sit in the fence as well though and go one all. Um, uh, Ross County against Hearts. Ross County are two to one and the draw is twelve to five and hearts are five to four. Uh, Chris? That's good odds for us, County. Two to one. As bit of. Well, they got a one yeah, under on coil. I don't think Hearts have been that great shakes. To be honest, I think they were. They were a bit found out last time against Dundee. Um, I, I, I might tip Ross County to win this. Actually, I'm going to go two one Ross County. <laughs> you must have read my mind because I, I was going to say um, two one to the team that are two to one Ross County. You're going to on this um, Man, I've already picked two draws. I don't know if I can pick another draw, but no, I'm going to go for a shot as well. Um, I'm going Desmond. 2 2. And. Give me the. Someone doing dishes in the background out there. No, I think someone's trying to get coins for something. Stacking stuff Stacking clearing out the desk. So. <laughs> Maybe the game of the weekend, I suppose it's might, some folk might say St John to Rangers, Hibs against Aberdeen. Uh, Hibs are 6-4, to draw is 12-5 and Aberdeen are 13-8. John? Um, I'm going to sit in the fence this one, I'm going to go one all. Uh, Chris? By all accounts, Hibs were really good against Celtic, so um, you know, they should be well up for this game as well. And you know how much you guys love Neil Lennon. Um However, I don't think their defence was that great and they did play against a Celtic team that were a bit all over the shop and not their, their, their strongest. So I will tip a 2-1 Aberdeen one. Yeah, I'm going for 2-1 Aberdeen as well. 13-8 um, if you want Aberdeen. That's that's decent price. I should go to Janet. It is. No. No, it can't because I've not predicted them. Aye, it's Hartley. It's Hartley. Uh, and then we've got the, the Larix or Derby. Uh, Hamilton against Motherwell. Hamilton are 95. The draw is 12 to 5. Motherwell are 11 to 8. Uh, Motherwell could be decent. I was going to say, that's a, that's a really good uh, odds for Motherwell. I, I reckon they win this as well. I think. I'm going to go 3 1 Motherwell. 3 1 Motherwell. Uh, John? I'm going 3 0 Motherwell. Oof. I'm going to go for 2 1 to Motherwell. And then. The other game, we've got Celtic and D. The Celtic are one to fourteen. <laughs> the draw, the draw is ninety one, and Dundee are twenty two to one. So if you think that the unbeaten run is going to end, and it's got to end at some point, Dundee are twenty two to one. That means if you put a pound on Dundee, you've lost a pound. <laughs> Uh, John, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go for a repeated league cut tie and a 4 0 win for Celtic. Uh, Chris? Nah, I might not quite go that much. I'll go 3 0. Yeah, I'm thinking 3 0 as well. Um, so I will have a think about what we think about the treble. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but meanwhile, while we're thinking about that, I've got an option for first goal score a bet. Lawrence Shankland at air. Good shout. Now, his first four games he has scored, and three of those four games he has scored first. Um, they're at home to Airdrie. Yeah. So, happy enough for that, guys? Mm-hmm. I'll go with that. Yeah. So, odds for him will probably come on Friday. That seems to be going to get the odds for the first goal score a bit. Um, so, yeah, we then need to look at what we think for the bet 
do we put Wraith Rovers in again at 8-13 to 13 at home to Arbroath? My tip that I was um, keeping close to my chest is explained earlier, John. Um, I'm thinking Falkirk in their first home game under Paul Hartley at home to Inverness, who are struggling. 6-5. Aye, I'd quite like to send it up. Right. See, if you take ah. Falkirk at 65 and Motherwell at 11 8, that alone is a decent bet because you're getting tempo now, that's 52.25. If you threw Wraith Rovers in there as well. Look at where's League 2 this week? I don't see it on my bookie's website. Scottish Cup weekend. Ah, that's what it is. Right, that makes sense then. Yeah, if you if you if you threw in Wraith Rovers with Falkirk and Motherwell, you get eighty four pound forty for a ten pound stake. I think. So what do uh, I do? Uh, I mean, I, I, I do. I think Falkirk's a good, a good shout actually, as, as far as tipster John there goes. Um, and we all agreed Motherwell were going to win. So, shall we stick to a double or shall we? Fifty three twenty five is decent. Well, I mean, I know Wraith Rovers slipped up, but um, Abroth are fourth. Yeah, Abroth have been doing quite well. Mm. Do we like to go for a treble or do I like to go for a double? I, I mean, I'm happy to go to the treble, to be honest. Oh, I would say I'm happy to go to the treble if I had Wraith at home. Yeah. Okay, let's go for that. Yes, here we go. We've started, we've started the season well. I think we can afford ourselves a wee bit of a, wee bit of a bigger gamble this week. Yes. Definitely. Incidentally, Ross County, Aberdeen and Mullow is 187 quid if you put on dinner. And if you had Dundee... <laughs> if you had Dundee, you're getting nothing. <laughs> <laughs> If you had if you had Dundee, your name's Kyle Lafferty. No, I'm sure Kyle Lafferty's much better at gambling than that. Yeah, nah, we shouldn't really take the mickey too much. No, because it's it's a, it's a serious affliction, poor guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll give full credit for coming out in the back that. So, oh, definitely, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah. it's part of the part of the recovery, isn't it? Aye. So, guys, good good luck to him. Hope he can get over it. Uh, so that oh I before we go I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to say or anything like that are you going to mention about the pie chat the, the well, game, I was at, I was at uh, the first cup final of the season yesterday uh, Auckland Talbot against rivals Glen Afton who local rivals for that as well Glen Afton won the double last season with the Premier League and the Junior Cup uh, Talbot got revenge and won 1-0 so that was good Happy days, but yeah, a pie steak pie looked decent. I think uh, Hamish thought it was a deluxe pie. Um, it, it was quite salty. It was all right. It was edible, but not the greatest pie. Not as good as that one I had the other week. The chicken and haggis pie that was <laughs> off the scale. The Scottish pie I got at uh, Hamden on Thursday night was actually quite good. It's one of the better ones you've done. So I was quite happy with that. Uh, my mate in the, um, said the one the West End wasn't very nice, so it was rank. Um, so maybe the North Stand's better than the West End for pies as well. Ah, te- technically, I was East End. Oh, East End, sorry. yeah. See, I thought maybe they just catered for a different audience in the North Stand, you know. <laughs> Wouldn't know. Not in it. <laughs> uh, did they still have the Mr. Singh's curry pie? I don't know. I don't know. I don't You used to have that, the Impala pie. <laughs> I don't think I've been for a while now, so I'm glad I got it when I did. Uh, well, maybe, maybe if we, we start making better pies and we can get bigger players and that'll sort of the genetic problems we're having. I don't know. <laughs> Is, is that not the like? I, I know we're going back to what we talked about already. Is that not the most bizarre thing for a wee guy to say? A wee guy who didn't pick Lee Griffiths for being a wee guy, then he picked Lee Griffiths and he went on and scored loads of goals. Yeah, 
It was just clutching its straws. Oh. It really was clutching its straws. You know, and all this um, getting a, a big guy and a big woman together um, will make a good Scottish player. Well, because <laughs> 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 oh, that, that, that's how it works. That's, has he been watching Game of Thrones or something? Is, <laughs> is he really hoping Brianna Tarth gets together with a big northern guy whose name I can't remember right now? I think the stats I seen about it was the there was fifty five teams looked at in Europe oh. in terms of height. Spain, the bot, the bots, whoever looking at Spain, who obviously have been great. Portugal, who won the last Euros, and Scotland. So maybe so, actually, so maybe there's nothing to it, because that that he managed to ruin his own point in the same sentence by saying we're like, we're the smallest apart from Spain. That's Spain who breezed their group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was just clutching its straws. But, um, aye, I mean, I'm, we could probably talk about all night. Yeah, I mean, I'm over six foot. Can I, can I play? Is, is that all needed? Is that all that's needed? Oh, I've seen you a miss. Aye, exactly. Aye. See, you're Chris, uh, and there's another Chris that's a bad miss. Uh, well, almost, um, uh, you, talk, you spoke about him earlier, so no. I was going to, like, maybe you shouldn't play guys called Chris, but then Chris Martin. That's someone that's done already in the microwave. Yep. <laughs> Watch the time to go. <laughs> Ding, time for bed. <laughs> no, it was Zebedee, was it? Zebedee went boing, time for bed. That's what Show me age now. Imagine round about. <laughs> I'm sure we talked spoke about the Magic Night about before in this podcast. That's what the Magic Night about probably predates me. <laughs> but pro- probably. But probably I'm pretty sure. I've got deja vu there, I'm pretty sure. Is the magic roundabout still on these days? Oh, it's probably on some channel. There's an <laughs> yeah. entire, there's an entire uh, channel Dave dedicated to like Peppa Pig. Dave. Aye, Dave, that's a good shoot. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, you know, we could ramble on all we want because I put everybody to sleep about half an hour ago now. Ah, exactly. All the ones that are still listening up to three of us, to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening back editing. I've fallen asleep at this point. I hope, and I hope Matt Phillips has he listened. <laughs> I hope Matt Phillips retires from that football. So, aye, I think that probably covers the the week and everything like that. So, I will be back next week. Unless we're sacked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might be I'm in danger. I'm too small. That's it. <laughs> aye, aye, Craig might cut you for the, the podcasting team. Aye. <laughs> so. Craig. Director of podcasting. Oh, I. He, he may, I mean, <laughs> he, he might he might pull a, a a Craig Levine and step back up to be host if Chris you for being too small. I might be. I. <laughs> oh, here I heard that suggested as well. If, if Sagan goes, maybe Malcolm McKay will take the step to the win the next manager. Like, no, oh, <laughs> oh, uh, I, every time I look at the options, I just cry. My, my, the other favourite thing I seen about Bookie was the second favourite was Michael O'Neill, who's the current Northern Ireland manager. He's a bit busy, surely. Surely he's happy where he is. <laughs> well, as if maybe they don't qualify for the World Cup. Is, does he not? He's still not based in Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah, he's so still based in Edinburgh. Might not be so far-fetched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom Ingles keeps um, piping his name up and where he stays. Um, I have a feeling that after Northern Ireland, he'll be wanting to go back into club management. Ah, I probably I've mentioned that in my piece as well, the, some of the list of potential names. Did you mention um, your piece at all? We just managed to sneak it in at the end here. I snuck in at some point, but I'll sneak it in again. So basically any manager that's been spoken about in that blog, be warned. <laughs> you, could lose, you could lose your job at any time. <laughs> Include the ones that don't have a job right now, like Davy Moyes. <laughs> well, I did mention after the England game because Davy Moyes had just been sacked by Sunderland. I made the prediction that he'll be the next Scottish manager after Gordon Strachan because he's Scottish and out of work, and I'm sticking by that prediction. The, e- the easy SFA get out. I, I, I yeah. will cry if that happens. Honestly, he is a <laughs> appalling manager who has done nothing but lose. His entire claim to fame is not getting Everton relegated. Because he was marginally better than Walter Smith. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
I, 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 will, I will halfway eat my words if he's mad no better than Walter Smith if he becomes a Scotland manager because Walter Smith had done a right job as a Scotland manager until he decided to turn his back on his country and go manage Rangers again thanks Walter nothing better man get over it <laughs> then it was, then it was <laughs> Alice McLeish he's been talked about again as well mm-hmm. he, yeah, he did alright until Georgia mm-hmm. Paul Lambert's another one that's been mentioned well, they'll get a bit of a growling by the Baldy Specky for being harsh on him because uh, I mentioned his jobs at Blackburn and Mills. Yeah, they weren't great, but then his job at Livingston could technically say he was just had similar issues, but then it was also appalling. Yeah. And please, no, do not make Mark McGee step up. Oh, no. 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 I've seen Neil Lennon mentioned. Why? I don't even understand that one. <laughs> uh, the, the best one, but... He, whether he would still be interested as Lars Lagerbach, maybe. That'd be amazing. Oh, he's a Norway manager now. We've missed out on him because um, we made that mistake in 2009. He wanted the job, but we gave it to Craig Levine because Craig Levine was Scottish and cheap and available. And Iceland said thank you very much. Yeah. Because we've got this thing, because Betty Votes wasn't a great Scotland manager, um, that every foreign manager is going to be crap. Well, Betty Votes was still technically, as mentioned earlier, the last manager to take us into the playoff in a top two position Yep. no other manager's got us in the top two so yeah. certainly though I know Bertie votes there's a chance that any three of us might have got a cap well, yeah. I always got a call up but I was working <laughs> I couldn't get time off my work at the time uh, my, my biggest uh, problem with Bertie Vokes came in that friendly against Romania where uh, John Kennedy picked up his knee injury and not one Scotland player went over to see if he was alright and then yeah. in, the, in the press the next day uh, Bobag Colin Cameron was defending the Romanian that kicked him. So yeah, that's that's some great team uh, morale there, great camaraderie, and uh, that was I think that was the day I decided better folks could go. It almost feels like we've gone back to the start of the podcast, doesn't it? <sighs> we, we could talk about it all night. This is that. It's, it's, it's cathartic. I mean, we're, we're at the point now that we're we're looking back at another disappointing campaign. It's been twenty years of this now. Why so. change the habit of a late like psych- It's just like a psychedelic podcast. It just starts and ends. We start again. Hi, welcome to this week's podcast. <laughs> Top of the morning to you. I'm Irish now. Um, no, did you? Did you even catch me saying that in the start of the podcast? Yeah. I did. I. We just ignored it. Mm-hmm. I take it yeah. Poland or tap again or Poland. No, right? no, Poland qualified. Top of the group. Aye, so, so, so I've got at least one team I can support at the World Cup next year. Depending on how Ireland got on in their playoff, I might have two. It's great having a multicultural background, doesn't it? It's got me through 20 years. Do you know it's what's going to be even worse? Right? See with Syria at the World Cup. Syria, I've got a chance. Second leg against Australia. Is that maybe tonight or tomorrow? Tomorrow that is, and I hope um, that Sydney get absolutely hammered because I, I want to see Australia in the World Cup um, for my Australian relatives. Yeah, I've got uh, yeah Australia as well for me. That's my other country. Yeah, so. <laughs> I have absolutely no connection to them <laughs> apart from Tom Rogic. Mm. Te- technically, I've got English relatives because my dad's side of the family um, are all English. But no, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. It's like it's like asking Chris to support Rangers in the Champions League, mate. Uh, it's just yes. not going to happen. I used to do that. Do you believe? <laughs> it was always it was always quite entertaining because on the one hand, if Rangers won, you could cheer for Scotland, and then if they lost, you could laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I did spend a lot more time laughing than anything else. Yeah, bye. I say it's it's as good as it is having a multicultural background. It's just not the same. I've I, honestly. As much as I've enjoyed watching like, Ireland and Japan and Korea and um, Poland, and that, no, Poland are rotten in that World Cup. But, uh, and oh, where's, your, where's your Japanese and Korean background? What? what? No, <laughs> Poland, were, no, Poland and Ireland were, were in 2002. Do you remember us? I thought you were trying to claim Japanese and Korean background oh, no. now as well. No, no. Bloody hell. Just, just Irish and Polish. <laughs> I think I think we're changing the name of the podcast title from Strack and Small Talk to Chris's Multicultural Back Chris and the Amazing te- um, Multicultural Background Coat. <laughs> anyway, the the point I was trying to make was it's not the same. Like I just the last time I actually cared about what happened in a World Cup properly was France ninety eight. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's still a, it's still the only World Cup I've been able to drink at. As a, and right as in Scotland, been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you guys Every might Wednesday, boys. Aye, I, I was, it was the greatest summer because I just finished school and Celtic had won the league for the first time in ten years. It'll be <laughs> Qatar where you can't drink. That's where we'll qualify. That would be typical, wouldn't it? <laughs> Aye. Yeah. Although you're optimistic for qualifying for the next World Cup, hey. <laughs> Do you know the way thing about Euro 2020? Scotland technically are one of 13 hosts, so we could be a host that don't qualify for no careful. Wouldn't surprise me, would it? Yeah. It wouldn't be surprising if we were the only ones out of the host countries that don't even qualify. I don't. Macedonia might qualify before us. <laughs> well, if, if they're in that week, the uh, D and they win their group and then win the playoff, they could. Macedonia are probably one of the favourites in that group, actually. <laughs> I, I think I looked it up earlier. Azerbaijan were the top seed in that. So, I think Macedonia were about third. So, aye, it's a possibility. <laughs> Who are the 13 host nations? I don't I haven't looked properly. I've seen the draw was getting done in Ireland. So. Yeah, Ireland's one of them. England's one of them because Wembley's get the Germany's one of them. France, Italy, Spain, Portugal. I'm just right. Hungary, I think it's got got one. Austria, I think it's got one. Um, yeah, so they're all they're all big nations that you can kind of they're big nations that you can expect will be there. And us, the nations like us. <laughs> so, I uh, welcome to this week's. <laughs> <laughs> right, aye, that's probably time. Re record, not fade bit. away. I'm waiting for a whistle. We've had the coins, we've had the microwave, we've been ready, we just need a whistle. <laughs> Both are full time. Uh, we're in about 20 minutes ahead of the time. Aye. we still got Scott Lifton's team once, once again. Let's <laughs> just wait to Steve McManus getting the one off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Right, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>